Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks. We're two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as sometimes, is... Uh, let me see. You've been on this podcast a few times, but you were mostly... My almost co-host on Read Up when when we were doing when I was doing Read Up, it's Scott from uh, it's Scott from oh my gosh the DC DC Squadcast. I almost called it the Suicide Squadcast because like I'm living in twenty like twenty fifteen like I just like went backwards <laughs> like oh my gosh like I think it was still called the Suicide Squadcast the last time I was on beer. It with might geeks. be yeah wow I just took like a I just took like a backward spin like and I messed up anyway Scott welcome to the podcast tell us for people who don't know you tell us a bit about yourself well um I hope you guys would know me I was I mean I I think the last time I was here was when we reviewed Solo I think it was the last time I was here oh that's so long that really is so long ago yeah all right well welcome back to beer with geeks my friend. It is I Sunday know. morning, so we are not drinking beer. Um, no, I'm drinking um, eight o'clock Italian roast coffee right now. Oh, that's magical! I'm drinking a—I don't know the brand. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I am drinking a shade-grown coffee instead of a sun-grown coffee because it's better for the environment and such. Um, so, um, it is good, actually. Um, you can't—I mean, you don't—you can't tell the difference. It's just—it's coffee, and it's good. <laughs> Yes, I drink it black like my soul. Same though, yeah. But people, I do. Do you find that when you're at someone's house and they're like, "Oh, I'll make a coffee." What? How do you want your coffee? And you're like, "I'll take it black." People look at you weird. Um, actually, not not really, because frankly, in my in my circles, drinking it black is kind of like the you know, it's the it's the default. It's the go to. I, I like. I, I at least hang out with people who like get me. It's like yes you, yes, you understand. Just pour it in a cup straight from the pot and give it to me now. I, I find that, you know, and which is so funny because when I started drinking coffee, like I remember going to my grandparents' house and co- my parents didn't drink coffee. So I, when I would go to like my mom's parents' house, mm-hmm. that was like the treat. I got to have coffee, and by coffee, Ooh. I mean. Milk and sugar, and maybe I splashed a little coffee in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember being a little kid and not having coffee and having tea and putting milk and sugar into the tea. And be and my siblings and I were like, it's coffee because that's how, like, it always that's how it always looked, right? You know, milk and sugar. But, um, you know, I am a full, I'm a full on black coffee drinker, and it depends who, who I'm with. I guess they, I get looks or, or not looks. Um, 
you know, it's always that first time jarring if people don't know you and they're like, no, just black coffee. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's good that way. Like, I don't need the sugar to, I don't need the sugar to make it delicious. That's how I can have like a million cups a day and not feel guilty about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but to to the point of the conversation that we just got started, introducing myself. Yes, yes, I am. I am Scott from the DC Squadcast. We are a podcast dedicated to talking the DC universe and movies, TV shows, and anything else in the multiverse. And we are part of Squadcast Media. So if you if you're interested, you know my t- my 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 co-host Tim, as we like to joke, he's Earth One Tim. That's right. You know. Uh, you can go over to squadcastmedia.com and find our entire network of shows that covers film, television, comic books, and pretty much anything else. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. You guys have been uh, – you. I don't want to say you got it in the ground level of of DC podcasts, but like you you like – you weren't you, – you, you started before the like real true – waves of fandom really took off and so like you've been riding that wave and you cover so much it's uh you know you, you know what i'm trying to say i know exactly what you're trying to say i mean yeah. you know we were we were one of the we weren't the first but we were one of the first to really sort of dedicate ourselves to dc content we were definitely one of the first that had our mission of oh no we actually like this stuff so we want to talk about it positively yep and and we we like to if we're going to ever pat ourselves on the back, it'd be like that we felt like we we got in on the ground floor of that of that wave of no, we're fans. Let's 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 appreciate all the content, even if we don't like it. That doesn't mean we have to dogpile on it. Correct. And correct. And you know we'll and it's crazy, but it's. Uh, we're we're like one month away from our seven year anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary to you then! That's wonderful. Um, we, I want to say, so so beer with geese have been going on longer. Um, because I remember you had comment when our first crossover episode was the um, the, you know, on the football field, right? And uh, I want to say we've been going for a year already. Previous to that, so maybe it's about eight years for us, which is. You know, which is pretty wild, you know, eight years of podcasting, seven years of podcasting. The fact that, you know, Scott and I have, you know, known each other for almost a decade online. We still don't know what each other's knees look like is uh, pretty extraordinary. Oh, I just I just met my 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 Tim literally just met him this past March for the first time ever. It was like. It was like, this is what you look like? Is it weird meeting somebody, like, you know, like when you see a celebrity at a con or something like that, and they're like, oh, you're like a regular-sized human. Like, I look at you, and you're like, my size or my height or something. Is Was meeting Tim like that for you? Oh, no, but Tim was like, wow, you're shorter than I thought. <laughs> it was real funny, but I will say thanks to the advent of Zoom, since we, you know, since we started using Zoom, because it's so much easier to do podcasts when you can actually see the person that you're talking to. It's true. Uh, we'll, we'll peek behind the curtain, and so the best part about that, though, was you know when we met up at a subway, you know, it, 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 we didn't skip a beat because it was like we knew what each other looked like, we kind of knew our physical mannerisms already from seeing each other over Zoom. Sure. So. 
it was not as awkward as you would think after, you know, talking to somebody on a computer for the last six and a half years you know, to actually meet them in person. It's true. It's it's the, what I have found is the learning how somebody walks. That's the new, like, you know, because, like, you know, Zoom, you're always sitting, right? You're never doing anything. So, like, meeting somebody in person for the first time that you only know online and then, ha- and then like, walking with them, that is a surreal experience because you're just, like – we're moving. We don't do this like just as as people. So when we talk to one another, so that it's fun. One day we'll see each other in real life, but one day, one day it is not this day. Um, this day we're going to talk about the Tomorrowverse, which is the um, newest slate of DC of DC movies. Green Lantern: Beware My Power just came out digitally, um, and so we're here to kind of just. Give our thoughts on what has been dubbed the Tomorrowverse, right? You know, by by fans, it's not its official its official name. Right? I'm gonna be honest with you. W- right before Green Lantern Beware My Power came out, that was the first time I had ever heard that moniker. Me too. I like it. Like it appeared for this one. It maybe because Batman Long Halloween feels so separate. Right until the end, you know, they don't feel connected in that one doesn't feel connected in the same way. So even though it's the same animation style. So like by the time you get to Green Lantern, you're like, oh, yeah, you're telling a continuing story here. Well, and you kind of felt that with Justice Society World War Two. But I did notice that when they announced the the two the 2023 slate of animated movies coming out out at San Diego Comic-Con, they have finally started giving a little tag on the movie titles to let you know if they're going to be one of the standalone movies or whether they're going to be one of the continuity movies these tomorrowverse movies because they never used to do that you kind of had to question which one of which one of these are standalones and which one of these were going to be you know like the previous the previous sort of what i call the new 52 inspired Mm -hmm. continuity uh you know now they actually say thank goodness they either say dc animated movie or dc universe movie and if it says dc universe movie it's actually part of this continuity and i was like thank you that's a very that's very smart and subtle on their part because before it was just you were literally only be able to tell by the animation style and like yes. you and i and a lot of people could could do that like oh the animation is different so obviously this is that universe but i know a lot of people that are like that don't think that way. They're like, so what if it's different? Who cares? Like, what does that mean that it's a different universe? So, um, so anyway, let's let's stick to the tomorrow verse. If we have some time, we'll talk about some of the other ones that were released. But uh, and we'll just go in release order, um, starting with Superman: Man of Tomorrow, uh, which is the you know where the tomorrow verse moniker comes from, and it's you know the new age, the new dawn of of. This universe of of Superman, um, you know, like he's coming in, he's coming in hot. How did you like Superman, Man of Tomorrow? I didn't actually. Yeah, it's, um, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know what? Here's the thing. You know, I'm coming right hot off the heels of Apocalypse War. You yeah. know, from the from mm-hmm. the previous continuity, and dang, that was a banger of a finale it was. for yeah for that continuity, and. This new continuity happens, so you're getting a brand new, never seen before animation style. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the the talk at the time was kind of Archer like. Yes, it very it, it's a more fluid Archer. 
that's yes more fluid yeah. archer with that very very cell shaded kind of look to it yep. and and so you're also getting a whole new uh voice cast for all the characters uh-huh. we're starting from the beginning again with all these characters as dc fans were kind of used to that uh-huh. and and I remember when we saw – I cannot remember if they told us that this was the first movie of a new continuity or if it was just going to be, here's a new standalone Superman movie. And we as fans were left to wonder, is this the start of a new I'm continuity sure or not? they said it was a new continuity. Pretty okay. sure. Because I remember looking at the animation style when it was released and being like, okay, this is what we're getting from here on out. Um, and so I actually like the animation style and I think it gets a little better every movie. No, no, no. That, that is, that is hands down what I think. Cause I think part of my issue, especially with Superman, man of tomorrow was they were still ironing out the kinks yep. of mm-hmm. this animation style. So it, it's one of the, it, cause it was one of those animation styles that when you take a still shot of it. It looks cool. Yep. The colors pop. The shading is neat. It's distinctive. But when it was in motion in Superman, Man of Tomorrow, it 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 would have moments of fluidity, and then it would have lots of moments of stiltedness. And uh, truthfully, I find that they all have that still. Um, they're getting a little better at it. It's kind of it, with each progressive film, it gets a little less but even up to green lantern i feel i still felt there were moments where it's like did the movie pause or am i like is it just moving slowly and a part of that i feel is the animation style but it's also um you can tell that actors are recording isolated in a booth for the most oh part. yes you can you- and, and and the part of the problem of that is listen I I I'm I am old and I am of an age that I watched Batman the animated series as it was airing from day one Amen, and yeah. and you could tell that they got a lot of times not every time but a lot of times they got actors in the room together yep. to perform and I agree with that absolutely it not only can you tell that the actors are recording in isolation there's also something audio editing wise that it's like well if you spend a little bit more time in the edit you know on the sound edit you could take out some of these pauses i'm a podcaster i literally do this on a regular basis and so i feel like there's a lot of that line delivery pause Line delivery. Yep, absolutely. Pause. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, the, 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 nobody really truly feels like they're having a conversation. They feel like they're speaking into a void because not all the time, but every so often, somebody's line doesn't their their emotion doesn't exactly match the tone of the conversation that they that they had previously set. And so, like like Green Lantern to be like, "Whoo, that was." A little harsh, like hot girl, you know, like, you know, calm down. Just like everyone's just really chilling and you're like at a 10, you know, or and like that's part of her character, but also just because the actors are not working off of one another. Yeah. So it was worse. It it felt worse. I mean, is a strong word. It it just it stood out more to me in Superman Man of Tomorrow. Me too. A lot of which a lot of pauses. 
a lot of pauses, which, frankly, along with the structure of the story, made Man of Tomorrow rather dull for me. It, I think that was I think it, it dragged. Now the pausing didn't help, the animation lacking fluidity didn't help. But then also the structure of the story. Man of Tomorrow doesn't doesn't really for me feel like it was written in a way that it progresses naturally. It feels a little bit more sketchish or episodic. Yep. It, that that it's like, oh, this would make a cool, like, three or four episodes of an animated series, but it feels like one of those old VHSs, yes, I'm dating myself again, where, you know, you, you took two or three episodes and you sort of edited them together and they just sort of played one after the other on a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't, it can connect, but it, it's not it's not tight. And that's another thing that they have definitely improved upon by the time they get to Green Lantern, but where my power. Yep, I agree. There's a lot of wasted space in Man of Tomorrow. Um, it, it, in animation, like you have to, the story and the animation have to continue to keep flowing. Otherwise, you lose the audience because you're, you know, in a live action movie, your eye catches movement on screen no matter what's happening, right? Because you're you're attuned to look for it, and you can't. Um, you know, things just happen, but in animation, it's just a, a picture that happens to be moving. So when it's not moving, you're like you you come out of it pretty quickly. Um, and so like they don't, there doesn't seem they don't believe in like uh, the like the tightness of um, of uh, storytelling. Like in a twenty two minute episode show, every second counts because you only have. 22 minutes to tell that story so there's not a second of wasted space and i feel like they're like it's 90 minutes so we can like make it feel like a live action movie but it'd be animation and it just doesn't it wasn't working early with me no it was not working early but you know they had it had elements that i liked you know i liked the idea of martian manhunter being a mentor for superman that was yep that was really cool um Lobo worked for me really well in that movie. Uh, he was he was fun, and you could tell that the actor who I, I'm I'm blanking on their name, but I know he's like a Sons so of Ryan, Anarchy. Ryan Hurst played Lobo. Yeah, from Sons yeah. of Anarchy, which is like, oh yeah, you would totally be Lobo. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest thing that got me was their depiction of Parasite. Especially by the end, where he basically became a kaiju. Yep. I just, I, I just went, nope. You've lost me now. <laughs> yeah. Some, of, some of that worked, and some of it didn't. I liked Zachary Quinto's Lex Luthor. I liked Darren Chris's Superman. Um, Alexandra Daddario's Lois Lane was pretty good. Like you know, everyone, but it also because none of them are real voice actors, or a lot of them are not real voice actors. They're you know like trying voice acting sometimes for the very first time. Um, like, again, like. It's a different style of acting. It's almost more like st- it's almost more like theater than than film because like you you have to be more emotive, you have to be more expressive, um, and so like you're just like trying to like pull like you're trying to pull people in um, through just your voice and the animation like almost just backs you up. But it's really what I'm listening to that that cues me in on everything, especially what, this new animation style that's not overly emotive. So. Um, 
Yeah, so I liked all those things, but we have other movies to talk about. So let's move on from Man of Tomorrow. Um, and the next one was Justice Society World War II, which was really like a secret Flash movie and Justice Society movie and Wonder Woman and... Uh, and multiverse, which we which was kind of a twist in the movie because we thought it was time travel, and then it turns out to be oh no, Barry jumped multiverse. Yeah, I actually really liked this one. The twist got me. I was surprised. I was like, oh right on, time travel. They're in the past. And when a, when a superhero movie or comic book movie can surprise me, I'm I'm always happy. I mean, not surprise me in a like a Iron Man three Mandarin twist kind of way, like. You know, that is dumb. Please move on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like in one that still feels organic to the story, to the storytelling, to its source material and everything like that. So I like this one a lot. It still suffers from some pacing issues. But I think like I think that the characters work well off of one another. They don't feel like they're recording in isolation the same way. I like the setting. I'm always a fan of superheroes in World War Two. It's, a you know. It's you know Nazis are a great um, Nazis are a great villain in a story right because you you know they're bad the end uh, right the only thing I remember when this movie fell because I was I was in on this movie because I even the buzz of it from people who had watched it because these movies I'll admit I haven't jumped on as quickly as you know previous animated releases where it would be. I buy it and then I watch it like day of. Like yep. I, I these have been more like I buy it and then I get to them. Yep. And World War Two is the same way. I remember though that when it kind of makes the turn. I mean, we're talking spoilers at this point. Absolutely. But when it makes the turn at the end, where Aquaman becomes kind of like the bad guy, and they basically do another rehash of the Throne of Atlantis finale. Yep. Oh, uh, you know, Atlantis invades Earth. I, I, I was literally sitting there going, "I, you did this already in, you know, you did this already in the previous continuity. Like, I have, I have literally seen what you're showing me, you know, right now. And I, I just, it was another thing where, kind of like, I, I know some people hate it when you say it has a third act problem, <laughs> but you know. But it it's kind of like it does. Have a it, third does. Act. Yeah. it does. It does because it was like the kaiju parasite battle was a problem for me in Man of Tomorrow, and then this sudden pivot to making Aquaman the bad guy at the end of World War Two. You know that was when that movie kind of fell apart on me uh, because up to that point I had I was like I was in like I, I was in I, I was like you know you've got me here you're introducing Flash. He's been around, you know, he just meets Superman and, you know, they, and then he has this World War II adventure with the Justice Society and you get all these versions of characters that's like, oh yeah, you're down. Like, I'm, I'm liking these old school versions of characters. And then Aquaman being the bad guy was just kind of like, uh, this kind of feels like Namor more than Aquaman. So sure. I just. It lost me a little bit. I can understand that. I appreciated them doing something, even though it was the same. It was a twist on on something that was the same, you know. So, uh, i i appreciate I appreciated it from from that angle. Um, and I I think that like I think actually that the they established Flash as a re, as a quite like a dynamic 
uh character um i feel like some of the some of the voice acting kind of like st- jumps out a little bit more than others and i think uh i think flash does uh flash does a good job in this movie matt bomer is you know you know no stranger to animation either so i think that or just voice acting in you know if you look at negative man uh, I know it's about to say, you know, he, 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 that's not him in Doom Patrol. That's his voice. Right. That's that he's not wrapped up in the bandages. Yeah, so he, so he is, um, he's well equipped to handle that kind of material. So, um, so I like that very much. I think I, I lean towards Justice Society a lot just because I really like the Justice Society. So, like, I think it, it gets like a weird, like, automatic, like, all right, well. You're doing the Justice Society, so I'm already kind of happy, and I recognize them as a good version of them, so I will continue to be happy in there. Um, moving forward, Batman Long Halloween parts one and two. This is I did we did an episode on this uh, for the show already, but so we, you and I will talk about it a little bit, but very briefly, I found part one kind of dull, and I really like part two. I think I remember. See, I did myself a solid, and I waited until part two came out. Oh, smart. And I watched part one and part two back to back. Because I, when watching it, I, I felt somewhat the same about part one, but then because I just rolled right into part two, I was trying to experience it as the full quote movie that we'll be getting in like a month yep. when they're, when they are editing uh, the two parts together and apparently adding additional adult material to make, to make it uh, work. I did not see that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was, that was in the, that was in the original announcement. They said part one and part two with additional adult content was, it was how they, uh, means, which would mean somebody's smoking in a corner. It doesn't really mean like, you you never you never know because you know they they've done this this is the third time that they've done a part one part two and then edited it together into a single film. They, Dark they Knight did, Returns, Death of Superman, and now this one. Death and now this Return. one, yeah, yeah, Death and Return because you know Dark Knight Returns literally, except for adding in a four months later at the part where you jump from part one to part two, it's just playing the two movies Correct. back to back. Yep. Uh, Death and Return of Superman did a really cool edit with like what was a mid credit scene for Death of Superman. They swapped they swapped some orders of scenes and like really made those two like blend together in a way that I appreciated. But I remember with Death and Return of Superman, I was so down with Death of Superman, and I was eh, on Reign of the Superman. Totally, yeah. That I I will hundred percent. Death of Superman is one of the best DC animated projects that they put out in any tenure, like any reign. And then and then Reign of the Superman is like that was a movie that I watched. Yes, but once again, when you edit it together into one continuous movie, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats kind of yes, ca- sure. kind of deal. Okay. So I'm looking – so that's why when I watched Long Halloween, I was like, I'm just going to watch part one and part two back to back. And it helped my opinion of part one because part two ends on a banger. It does. In, in, in my opinion. And so I'm really looking forward to the edited t- super cut, as it were, of Long Halloween. This was the one where, you know, we get Jensen Eccles back. 
And by back, I mean anyone who's an animation fan knows that he was the voice of Jason Todd, Red Hood, in Under the Red Hood. The best, and, if not one of the best animated movies uh, uh, out there. Definitely one of the best Batman movies. Hands oh, down. oh, absolutely. I actually, I think uh, if you take all Batman anim- animated movies of, of all time, I rank Under the Red Hood at number two. Just under the Phantasm. Th- yep. Right? Just under yep, Phantasm. Correct. Yep. Same. And even then, it's like, it's really close. Like, it just it really is. Yeah, it's really close. There's just something about Phantasm that, like, it just kind of strikes gold in a way that, um, you know, or strikes silver and gold, whereas uh, Red Hood just strikes gold or something like it's just like it's so close. It's so very close. It's it's so good. So I was like, OK, Jensen, let me uh, you know. Let me see what you what what what's your Batman like? And and then watching the movie, I was like, no, you got a Batman in you. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate this. And the darker, more noir uh color color palette for long halloween really lent itself to this tomorrow verse animation style in a way that was like at the time i was like oh no this is the like you you guys have got it now like you figured you have figured it out it really works for batman and this animated series style um period you know one of that one of those Batman tropes of what time is this? Because you got computers and 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 gadgets and stuff, and mm-hmm. yet the cars look like you got a Studebaker. And yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's uh. Well, it's kind of like um. I it feels it feels like the the Tim verse, but it feels like the Tomorrow verse. It feels like the comics. It just it doesn't feel like Tim Sale. May he rest in peace. Like that's the yes. like you know that. But what I think is a testament to the. St- I mean, Long Halloween the book is an incredible experience. It, everything it, you know, everything blends so well together. But it is a testament to the story itself that it can sit outside of its you know iconic iconic art style um, and still tell a good story. Um, and so because comics, just like TV, movies, whatever, you know, it, it takes it takes two to tango. Um, yes, it does. And so I'm glad that I'm glad that this animation style still lends itself to that story. Um, you know, instead of feeling more like a comic, it feels a little bit more like The Godfather, you know, which was. Like, yes, you know. absolutely. And it was something that, no, granted, I did not. I almost intentionally didn't do a reread of The Long Halloween before watching the movie, because sometimes that's just setting yourself up for failure when it comes to a movie. Totally. Yep. And I wanted to just. I wanted to just appreciate the film for what the film was going to give me and the amount that from my memory, it, it really fleshed out Falcone so much more in the animated movie than yep. what the book did. It, it, it made it feel, it made the movie feel of its own while also being very, uh, being, being very fa- it was faithful to the source material. It 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 was uh, it honored the source material while also allowing to be its own thing. Especially when you get to the twist at the end. Yep. And the movie really fleshes out the twist. Like you get you get explanation that I, I like. I was in there going, 
we never heard this before, no, right? The the book the books. Well, this one will keep kind of spoiler free, uh, you know, because we actually maybe really recommend watching this one. Um, but uh, the the book is deliberately ambiguous, like you know, like and but like most readers take the same message away from the end of the book, like, oh, this is the holiday killer. I got it now. Um, and the 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 movie kind of just leans into that like this is the one that people really feel like this is the the version of the story that most people read so we're going to stick to this one and we're going to flesh it out and give you a real solid reasoning why and i i really like that i it, it does what the hush movie didn't do in like honoring the source material for hush they like tried to like trick its audience by really changing the story because it's a mystery so let's change it and this one was like eh, we're just gonna like we're gonna give you a slightly different version, but one you still recognize, um, and one that doesn't feel like like we cheated you, like you we earned your readership and your viewership, and that's mm-hmm. that's tough. That's really tough. And you're right, Jensen Eccles was a great Batman. Like you know, actually, after watching him as Soldier Boy, like like you can almost like see little weird seeds of his Batman uh, in there. Um, more in the 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 voice he he uses, not in the character. Oh yeah, he's totally he's totally doing his Kevin Conroy of I'm going to go down here and find my place. Yep, I'm going to find my Batman voice. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. But you know what I what I appreciate about his Batman um, and a lot of animated Batmans is that they they're they're they move they move away from Christian Bale's growl, you know, instead of leaning into it, and they like they really go for something that's sustainable. You know, mm-hmm. like, and and so, and which is funny because, like, the live action, where you're like, you know, like, oh, you as a human would never be able to sustain talking like this for long periods of time. But animators are like, well, okay, well, my voice is my, you know, my paycheck. So how am I going to do this? And uh, and I feel like if Batman did exist, that would also kind of be a thing, right? Like, I got to talk every day. So how can I? talk like batman without destroying my voice like i can't be like sipping tea out of my yeti talking to commissioner gordon <laughs> that's what that's why something that arrow introduced i love the idea of the voice modulator me like too. that makes sense to it me it makes a lot it just makes it makes good sense in some ways i think it does ruin the fun of like hearing what like ooh, what actor like what is your batman going to sound like you know like if, if it sounds like a computer a voice modulated computer but it's still it makes logical sense. Um, so whatevs. Um, let's talk the last. Let's talk the last movie, and um, we'll do a spoiler, non-spoiler. You know, for people who haven't seen it, Green Lantern: Beware My Power just came out just a couple days ago. Really, just a week out from when this episode um, drops, and uh, it's a John Stewart centric. Um, it's a John Stewart centric Green Lantern movie. I do want to talk spoilers, so let's maybe say, like, did you like it or not like it? No, I liked it um, when I I kind of tweeted out my review, and I said, it's a mystery in space style adventure, for anyone who remembers that book back in the day, mm-hmm. that show that it leans in. I mean, you got Aldous Hodge as Jon Stewart. You got Nolan North as a character that we'll get to in the more spoiler section, that that really shine and it's an upward trend like the pacing is so much better than previous movies it 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 goes places that i want a green lantern story to go 
And while it's not my favorite, because I'm still going to give that to Long Halloween, it's it's right up there. Like if you're talking about a movie that's like just the 90 minute, you know, movie, it's the strongest outing so far. So I feel like they're really starting to like, okay, you found your, you're finding your groove. You're getting in gear now. Yep. I I'm a hundred percent with you. I think it's got a good first, second, and third act. It it still suffers from the I'm recording in a booth um, mm-hmm. problem, especially for some of the actors. Like I like Aldous Hodge; he's a good actor, but like he needs somebody in the room with him to be like, no, it's okay. Like come out of your shell a little bit more. But that's hard with John Stewart, who is you know famously reserved. So exactly, it's like that- he's, a mar- he's a marine, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so it's like. <laughs> That that's a, a difficult acting challenge. Jimmy Simpson as Green Arrow, I thought did a great job, um, you know, and uh, and then so on and so forth from there. But you're right; I liked it. I know people who didn't um, because we'll talk in the spoiler section. But uh, I, I feel like for the new universe story that they're telling, they took a lot of great elements from a few stories, and actually, what I felt pretty seamlessly put them together. If- Absolutely. I recognized, I was like, oh, I know where you got this from. Oh, I know where you got this from. And it was a, and it was a quilt. It didn't feel slapped together. It, yep. it felt like, a, it felt like they quilted these different Green Lantern and or DC space stories into one nice 90 minute movie. Yeah. So, well, so let's talk, um, let's talk spoilers from here on out. So the, the movie really takes its inspiration from a few places. It's the, the origin of John Stewart as a green lantern. Um, uh, the ran Thanagar war, um, uh, the sinister core war and, um, Hal Jordan's parallax. Like, uh, yes. Yeah. So like Emerald, uh, Emerald Knights, Emerald, Emerald, uh, Emerald Twilight. Twilight. Emerald Twilight. Yeah. Um, and so uh, people who did it, people who didn't like it, I feel like, and and it took me a little while to get here, but like you're looking at like, okay, so you took two large Green Lantern stories and one of DC's largest space stories and you blended them all together. So like you effectively can't use them anymore is the way that you always like I look at like you like you you blew like you blew your time with this thing but I liked the angle of the the Rand Thanagar war right you know because we're not really looking at the war we're looking at the war adjacent to itself and like two sides coming together to you know it's almost like watching fellowship of the ring in some way where you're like you know we're not seeing the big battles we're seeing the small group skirmish around the big battles like coming to you mm-hmm. know coming together you know getting over you know dwarves and elves you know you're getting you know we're getting you know ranians and then guardians just like calm calming down and being able to work together i like that um i feel like sinistro was a bit of a like felt like a bit of a waste with the sinistro core it was like there they are wow see ya <laughs> Yeah, and also, I don't know the name of the actor, but the actor playing Sinestro underwhelmed me. Of course, yep. you know, the last time they really had Sinestro, it was freaking Victor Garber. I mean, you're, you're, like, you're, you're before, such a... Before, before that was Jason Isaac. So it's like you're, like, like you've got, like, great Sinestro actors in your, in your, in your back pocket. And, uh, and he was serviceable, but... But that's because Sinistro dies. So, which also feels like, 
okay, well, I guess you're moving on from Sinistro as well. Um, and then and then you get Hal Parallax, which I thought was really well done. It was very cool. I called it though. Did I you? Totally you know, ca- I, I called knew, it. You know, it's something I knew something was up when he was like, "We you got to take the hard line and start killing." I was like, "Parallax," but I didn't think that they were going to do it in this movie. I thought they were just planting the seed for later. Um, they're planting the parallax for later. I w- w- I think what made me kind of figure it out is that okay, you start off with John Stewart. I was so glad because um, I didn't really watch a lot of trailers for this one. I did. So either. when I saw the ship crashing, I was like, "Oh, were we really going to give Hal's origin to John Stewart?" That's I mean, that's what I thought too. I was like, "Oh, we doing Superman the animated series all over again, where it's Kyle Rayner, but it's the Hal Jordan Orton story. It's just like right. that thing again." But when it was when it was one of the guardians, I was like, "Oh, okay." And then you find out that it's Hal's ring, and I was like, "Oh, so Hal's in this universe?" You know, because that was another thing about this movie is, uh, wow, we've skipped some time, and stuff's been happening that they didn't show us. Totally, and I think, yeah, like the Watchtower, and, and that was and all yeah, that. Watchtower and Vixen yep. and. You, and Green Arrow and Green Arrow having a relationship with Hal, which kind of calls back to like the D- the O'Neill, the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, you know, mm-hmm. run. And, you know, I, I've talked to the people who were like, wow, you're already done with Hal, you know, and I, I kind of look at it like, well, Hal's had a lot of spotlight in Green Lantern, you know, yep. like when when we've done Green Lantern, it's been Hal. You know, which before then, you know, John Stewart had, you know, a long run with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited yep. animated series. I mean, really, if we want to talk about Green Lanterns, who got shafted? It's Kyle. Kyle gets <laughs> so, Kyle gets the shaft. Yeah. And Guy, for that matter, really. Yeah, but you've seen but honestly, you've seen more of Guy. Like Guy's been in Young Justice. Guy was in the Green Lantern, the animated series. Brave and, like, the, and Brave and the Bold, actually. And Brave and the Bold. Right. So I think I saw a tweet that someone said, it's been 18 years since we've had Kyle Rayner in animation. That's true. Yeah, Kyle Kyle gets a huge, Kyle gets the big shaft. But you know what? I also understand trying to, one, diversify its, you know, its ensemble. Um, and to many, to many viewers who grew up on Justice League, Jon Stewart is their guy. It's not Hal Jordan because Hal was dead for a long time. And when Superman the Amy Series was out, it was Kyle was the Green Lantern at the time. So, like, I I, I understand um, moving. I understand moving away from Hal. But unless you really count, like, those DC animated movies, Hal does get the shaft in animation for a long for a long time, too. But I think truth. I think. John tells a story that nobody else is telling, whereas Hal is a little like, oh, he's a hothead and he's good at his job. Great. Yeah, exactly. While with John, you get the PTSD angle. Yep. And you get a race angle. And it just like and all these things show up in the movie. So it's like they they wrote the care. They wrote the parts of the story in a way that. You needed this to be John exactly to kind of yeah. to have the impact uh, that it did. So I was never I was I wasn't bothered by the Hal parallax. I actually thought that the, like that was the moment where I went, oh, I'm in. Like I was like, oh, this is this is cool. And the the part that kind of 
rocked my boat a little bit, but then I got over it was the, oh, we already have a, you know, we're, we're in our fourth movie and we already have a watchtower and apparently the Justice League's been operating this entire time and we just didn't see it and we're kind of point of view with Jon Stewart and we're being introduced to yep. this world. Yeah, and you know, it's like, I, it rocked, my, it also rocked my world a little bit too. It's like, oh, I guess we're just not going to see that. But also, like, how many times have I seen that? Like, yes, exactly. You know, so yeah. like, I, there's, there's actually a whole animated movie with them building the watchtower and them finishing it and having adventure on the side, you know, like on the side with Crisis on Two Earth. So, like, I don't need to, I guess I don't need to see it over and over again. I mean, I like that, always like that story, like, oh, who's going to be in the Justice League and what? what's your recruitment process and all that stuff, but whatever, you know, tell different stories, That that's okay. Um, I, uh, um, I'm a big um, Thanagarian fan, I like the Hawks very much, so I like the Hawk Girl having, like, a front and center role, um, and I felt that Actually, I felt that all the characters were their correct personalities, even if, like, it was uh, actors in a box. Like, I felt like that was a recognizable Green Arrow and how he would respond. And, like, it was a recognizable Hawk Girl, especially Thanagar. Like, I'm still on Thanagar, Hawk Girl. I like this version. Like, we're not ignoring the, you know, the reincarnation necessarily. Maybe we'll get there in the story one day, but I like I like the, the simplified version you're an alien with wings yes yeah. yeah i can get behind that um i i was i remember the one thing that kind of surprised me in the movie was when adam strange popped up you know when i saw the zeta beam and then there was someone standing there i was like oh we're getting adam strange yep. this is awesome and we're getting like a a grizzled shell-shocked veteran Adam Strange. I really liked. I really liked the inclusion of Strange, and I liked its version of Strange. And truthfully, the animation, like his fighting style with the rocket pack, like was really cool. I felt that this movie actually, um, more than the others, like really, like stepped up its fight choreography um, mm-hmm. in the way, like the way that it designed certain things. I loved the ring constructs and the like, the way they they came from, the way it looked when it came from the ring and the rings design itself, like. It all really, that all really uh, worked for me. Um, uh, just briefly before we kind of wrap up, the this movie, it, ahead of those the other ones that we've talked about, I felt characters truly had arcs that were resolved in a like a good in a good way. By the time you get to the third act and things wrapping up, like oh, this is where John started like started and left. This is where Green Arrow started and left. This is where Shigera started and left. Like everybody. Like everybody actually journeyed organically in the story, um, which is not something that always happens in superhero movies. Like, I want to say, like maybe like the Justice Society movie, they're like they're basically the same, like from start to finish. Man, like Superman obviously has an arc, but he's still just Superman. Superman, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't even think Batman really has an arc in Long Halloween because it's not really the the design of the story. It has some, but like this one is very pointed, um, and like characters are working through stuff. And like I like for Green Arrow, for example, the whole movie to be like we got to go find Hal. He's still alive. He's still this. He's still this. He's my best friend. For him to then shoot and and to to kill Hal Jordan as Parallax was very powerful. Like, like it really like 
it, it to me it like it it worked so strongly because this movie worked so strongly because it gave due time to the the journeys of its characters. Right. And also like when we got the flashback scene of like we see Hal get infected by the parallax entity. Yep. And I appreciated that as well because if you're if you're going to do like the comics did and turn Hal Jordan into a cosmic level supervillain I I need to know why. Like and and I right. like the idea especially in a movie like this where the turn had to happen so quickly. It was because in the comics, you know, they kind of slowly built to it, even if it wasn't always the intention. They retconned it, and so it felt like it was of a piece. Um, well, this one, it was, oh, no, it's, you know, he got, he got infected. So this is going to explain why he's, you know, a supervillain now. And I and appreciated that. And the only thing the movie didn't do and time constraints didn't have time to do, uh, I would say, was there was never – I never thought they considered how could they possibly uninfect him. It was like yep. once he was infected, he was gone. Yes, I agree. And I mean the, the, part of that is time constraints. Part is like he's – it's kill or be killed. You know, it's like that – you know, that style of, of – um quick thinking decision making you know like i you know like i'm gonna die if we don't do something quickly but um but i agree and you know you know in comics you know never dead is never dead so you know who knows what stories they tell later on but they do seem to be like not they're not one and done stories well they are one and done stories you know like it is a continuing verse right universe but they don't seem to be they don't seem to be they're not going to be self-referential in, in some ways so um um Maybe that really is the end. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. But um, yeah, because the the future right now, the future we've got headed towards us is the two movies for 2023 that will be in the Tomorrowverse will be Legion of Superheroes. Yep. And Justice League War World. The Batman one is not um is not in its thing because I know it's based on a Mike McNola story, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Well, when, going back to what I said at the beginning, when you talked about those monikers, it says, it says animated and, at the top. Yeah. It says animated, not DC Universe. Oh, it is not. All right. Well, then the doom that came to Gotham is its own thing. That's okay. Yeah. You know what? I you know I watch them all anyway. So or for the most part. So you know because we grew up in a time where the best thing we had going for us at one point was David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury on television. So the, those were dark times indeed. So you got to watch them all. Otherwise, they go away. That's the that's how they get us. So. Um, well, Scott, thank you so much for for coming on today. We are out of time. Um, you already told everybody where uh, they can find you, but I will link to all those things in the show notes. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we take off? I think the only thing I didn't get to say is that if you'd like to follow me on Twitter for any random thoughts or tweeting that I may have, you can find me on Twitter at scottdc27. Fantastic. And you can follow me at TimothyPG13 as well as Beer with Geeks on Twitter, Gmail, and um, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and you can email us at gmail.com. You can go to beerwithgeeks.com or thoughtbubbleaudio.com to check out all of the Thought Bubble Audio shows, rate and review us on iTunes, and other places podcasts can be found. And, of course, you can support all Thought Bubble Audio shows at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. Scott, it was a true pleasure being with you today. So until next time, cheers. Cheers.